This is the most consequential election of our time, of generations, and MCV's going in hot. So I'll look all you generous people in the eye and see if you're considering any further generosity, now is the time, because now is our time. MCV will be leaving it all on the field with this election. This is MCV Cast. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters. That was MCV's board chair, Jock Cunningham, in a message from our annual gala this week. Our gala this year went virtual, and today we'll be sharing highlights from a very successful evening, all things considered. I'm here with Deputy Director Whitney Taney from Bozeman and MCV's Political Director, Jake Brown in Helena. Let's begin this week with politics. Let's see, after that first debate, I actually had a friend, John, from Great Falls, who called and said, Good thing it wasn't a drinking game every time that uh, Senator Daines talked about a Washington politician or he wouldn't have been able to get out of bed the next morning. So I challenged the Senator to actually focus this evening on what matters, and that's to Montanans. I know that Montanans would appreciate it. That was Governor Steve Bullock from a debate Monday night with Senator Steve Daines, hosted by Montana PBS. Governor Bullock, of course, is challenging the first-term Senator in what will likely be the most expensive Senate race in Montana's history. Monday's debate covered a variety of topics, from the Supreme Court to the handling of the COVID pandemic and this question about climate change and wildfire. We've all been watching and breathing the effects of wildfires uh, this season, and uh, from the intensity of the fires in Oregon and California to maybe even a less severe overall fire season in Montana, but we certainly had our share of, of damage from that. But this is about a longer-term pattern that we're talking about here and a more concerning trend that spans decades so our question to both of you is, is this a question of climate change and, and not mitigating those effects, or is it due to poor resource management? Jake, I've got to say I'm disappointed by how that question was framed. The question from John Twiggs allowed Senator Daines to squirm out of any accountability over his record of making climate change worse. But I'm not afraid to talk about the fact we need to keep coal, oil, and natural gas in this all above energy portfolio. We cannot make the mistakes that California has made. They moved everything to win because of liberal governors, liberal leadership, they shut down their nuclear reactors. And what's happening in California right now? They're having massive rolling blackouts and brownouts as well as wildfires. Governor Bullock, our endorsed candidate for the U.S. Senate, did answer the question about climate change. So we do have to address climate. And if you look even in the last handful of years in Montana, we brought folks together. I mean, we've doubled our wind, we've quadrupled our solar. Actually led the effort of 17 states, Democrats and Republicans saying, let's look at what an energy future could be where we're capturing more of the carbon along the way. So we need to address climate. Um, and Jake, this is the second time Governor Bullock and Senator Daines debated. What was your takeaway? Murph, my takeaway was that it's pretty clear that Steve Daines really, really wishes that he was not running against Steve Bullock. Every time Daines debates Bullock, he brings up, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Barack Obama, um, basically everybody's records except for Steve Bullock's. I think this sort of line of attack of trying to nationalize Bullock might be more effective if Steve Bullock wasn't already so well-known and well-liked by Montana voters. I think Daines is sort of unsuccessfully trying to connect Bullock to national Democrats, and I just don't really think it's an attack that's going to land. Great. Well, there's a link to Monday's full debate in our show notes, and Governor Bullock and Senator Daines will meet for their third and final debate on October 10th. The other big news this week in conservation, William Perry Penley. Late last week, a federal judge declared that Mr. Penley was serving as acting director of the Bureau of Land Management unlawfully 
for 400 plus odd days. MCV took swift action and wrote Senator Daines to request a hearing examining the failures of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. As Montana's only member of the committee and a majority member of the Senate, Senator Daines has the power to ask for a hearing and has oversight over the BLM and the Interior Department. Here's a clip from a radio news story about our request. On Friday, a federal judge forced Pendling to step down, but he remains at the agency as deputy director, and the Interior Department has said it will challenge the ruling. Aaron Murphy, with Montana Conservation Voters, has sent a letter on behalf of his group asking Senator Steve Daines to hold a Senate oversight hearing to examine what went wrong. Daines' office has not yet responded to MCV's letter or to a request for comment from the press. So, has William Perry Pendley packed his bags at the BLM? No, he's still at BLM and still one of the top decision makers for our public lands as deputy director, which is why we need your help. Please call Senator Daines at 202-224-2651 to insist that he hold a hearing as a member of the Senate Energy and Natural Resource Committee on the constitutional failures of Pendley's tenure. Speaking of high-profile court decisions, we're tracking several court rulings about Election Day that came down over the past week. The Montana Supreme Court ruled that the Ballot Intervention Prevention Act, or better known as BIPA, was unconstitutional because it restricted efforts for Native Americans to vote. You might have interacted with this law during the primary if you tried to turn in a family member's ballot and was asked to sign a notarized legal document. This is a big voting win for our tribal communities in the rest of the state, because I think it just makes it easier for all Montanans to vote, which is something that I think everyone probably wants. In the same ruling, the Supreme Court also ruled that ballots must be turned into your county elections office by 8 p.m. on Election Day. We at MCV know that there's probably been a lot of confusion about this, so it's worth repeating. All ballots must be turned into your county elections office by 8 p.m. on Election Night. If you have any questions about voting, we would highly recommend that you should reach out to your local county elections office. Our judges in Montana have sure been busy because also this week, Montana federal judge Dana Christensen struck down the Trump campaign's effort to stop our all mail-in election. In his ruling, Christensen wrote, quote, This case requires the court to separate fact from fiction. Central to some of the Trump's campaign's claims is the contention that the upcoming election, both nationally and in Montana, will fall prey to widespread voter fraud. The evidence suggests, however, that this allegation specifically in Montana is a fiction. Montana's all-mail-in election now moves forward and will help hundreds of thousands of Montana voters vote safely November 3rd. As a reminder, ballots will be mailed next Friday, October 9th. In lieu of an interview this week, we'd like to share some of the highlights of our virtual gala held on Thursday, October 1st. What was supposed to be another in-person dinner party in Livingston, Montana, became, well, a Zoom meeting. But our aim was to make this the most fun Zoom meeting you've ever been a part of. First of all, to all of our sponsors and donors, thank you for making our gala a success. We smashed through our fundraising goal by raising $56,000 through your generous contributions and our raffle drawing. Our congratulations to our 10 raffle winners whose tickets we polled at random live on the air. You can consider this our grand prize because the winner of this ticket will draw first from our collection of prizes. And the name on the ticket is... 
Dave Tazik of Erie, Colorado. Congratulations. There you go, Dave. Appreciate all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, and we'll be in touch. If you missed our gala, a recording will soon be available online. We think it will be well worth your time. During the course of the program, we honored MCV's legacy sponsor, the late Jim Posowitz. We also heard from MCV's board of directors and our endorsed candidates. Working together, we will secure a cleaner, better future for our children and for our grandchildren. Look, I'm a new dad. I have a 17-month-old daughter. And I think about the spot in the Little Belt Mountains where my dad taught me to fish, where his dad taught him. And I think about teaching my daughter to fish there too. Well, we're one election away from that not being able to happen. I'm running against one of the most extreme anti-public lands advocates in the history of Montana. The stakes of this race are real, and the work of organizations like MCV makes a real difference in fighting for, preserving, and protecting the Montana that we all care about. So I'm asking you tonight to dig deep, to do what you can, to give till it hurts, to make sure that MCV continues their good work protecting that which we all care about in our state. As your senator, I'll keep working to expand renewable energy to create the jobs of the future and truly tackle climate change side by side with MCV. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you for your work. Be safe, be well, and enjoy this great celebration. Let's get this done. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Take care and good night. You heard from some of our endorsed candidates there, Steve Bullock, Kathleen Williams, Mike Cooney, Rafe Graybill, Bryce Bennett, Melissa Romano, and Shane Morajo. A little later in the program, we welcomed a guest presentation from Top Chef finalist Doug Adams. Chef Adams, who has deep roots in Montana, showed us how to fry up a campfire trout. I love Montana, and I travel there often to fish. I fish the Bitterroot Valley or the Big Mo. It's so important that we protect those resources. My best buddy is a fly fishing guide out at Rancher Rock Creek, and I get to spend a lot of time there. And it shows you how important that is when you get to see God's country in full, full force. I want to bring this over here so you guys can see this fish cooking in the pan. I'm gonna add just a little bit more oil. This dish is all about the olive oil and lemon juice too. So as I'm cooking, I'm just gonna make sure I'm not sticking. We're looking great. Beautiful. A little bit of movement is nice. Make sure everything is cooking nice and even. That was Chef Doug Adams from his kitchen at Bullard Restaurant in Portland, Oregon. We also heard from Kendra Shaw, elected to the Billings City Council last year, with MCV's endorsement and support. And if you don't have a majority on the local city council, um, a lot of really cool projects end up going by the wayside. So the one I'm really excited to share with you about is that um, Billings is in the process of planning for and has been saving for for years um, a new water treatment plant on the West End. The really exciting thing about this project is that Public Works has come to city council and said, we don't want this just to be a water treatment plant that's a reservoir and just has a big fence around it and is blocked off. We have an idea for a really exciting like hybrid kind of park reservoir model, which would be a massive 
campus of trails and maybe sandy beaches and reservoirs that could be accessed by non-motorized um, you know, canoes and kayaks and all of those things and picnic shelters for families. We could, we could really make this a real jewel for Billings. Um, and seeing that project and, and just the incredible importance of it on the docket has made me just realize once again, you know, if, if we don't have a majority of people who, who prioritize that, who say, you know what, that really matters. We wanna make that land a recreation destination, not just for people in Billings, but for all of Montana. But city council is the one here who's gonna have to figure up out how do we come up with the money to make sure that we can do that for the public. All of this, by the way, was just a brief collection of sounds from our successful gala on October 1st. We'll have a link to the full program in our show notes. And our thanks again to everyone who joined us and who contributed. Before we go, we want to flag two opportunities for you to weigh in on to protect our clean air and our clean water. November 16th, the Montana Department of Environmental Quality is holding a remote hearing via Zoom on whether or not to issue a water quality certificate for the Keystone XL pipeline project in northeastern Montana. Following a presentation about the project, DEQ will be taking public comment on the Zoom meeting, but you can also provide written comments to DEQ by November 30th. As planned, the Keystone XL pipeline will cross key water resources for the Fort Peck Reservation and other rural communities. These threats are not going away, which is why some of our Native friends have called the Keystone XL the zombie pipeline, and DEQ needs to hear from you. DEQ is also accepting comments of a huge expansion to the Rosebud coal mine that supplies coal strip. The expansion would add over 100 million tons of coal a year and would prolong the life of the mine by more than 40 years. DEQ opened up the comment period for only 30 days, but MCB and other organizations have asked for an extension of that comment period. You can find more info about this in the KXL comment period in our show notes. This week, we'll leave you with one last presentation from our October 1st gala, a look back on the mission of MCV and the impact we make thanks to the generosity of our members. And our link, one more time, for anyone who'd like to continue supporting our work is mtvoters.org donate. And with that, we'll see you next week. Connect, protect, elect. This is the motto of MCV, three simple words that summarize our mission. Montana Conservation Voters protects our climate, our clean air and water, our public lands, our communities, and future generations by supporting leaders who fight for conservation and by holding accountable leaders who do not. We put our mission to the test last December after we had enough lip service from Senator Steve Daines and his history of failing to fully fund the Land and Water Conservation Fund. MCV was the first conservation organization to bring tough accountability to the airwaves. So when Senator Steve Daines promised to support Montana's public lands, but then shortchanged them by hundreds of millions, Montanans noticed. Fast forward several months, Senator Daines, under lots of pressure from MCV and the people he serves, introduced the Great American Outdoors Act. Our accountability worked. And thanks to our entire congressional delegation, now full funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund is law of the land. For the MCV Education Fund, our mission is to engage all Montanans and their communities by empowering them to protect our clean air, clean water, public lands, and voting rights through education, mobilization, 
and the power of grassroots advocacy. This is work we take great pride in doing, and we still have a long way to go. This year, we teamed up with the Forward Montana Foundation to engage young people on the issue of climate change in a video for our congressional delegation. I'm Helena, I'm from Billings, Montana, and I think climate change is important because it affects what kind of recreational activities future generations will be able to experience. My name is Gillian, I'm from Missoula, and I'm here today to talk about public lands. Now, Montana has 38 million acres of public lands that provide over $7 billion a year in revenue for the state. The MCV Ed Fund also called thousands of Montanans this summer to educate them about the dangers of transferring management of federally owned lands to states, a first step to Toward selling them off. And we worked with former Governor Brian Schweitzer on another message for young people. If young people would vote in this country, if young people got involved, then we'd have people who were saying, we need to protect our air and water for the next 200 years, not for the next 20. We need to protect public lands so that, that we continue to access them for the rest of our lives. We do all of this work knowing there's nothing more important than fighting for the future of the world we share. We don't just talk the talk of demanding clean air, clean water, healthy wildlife, access to public lands, vibrant communities, racial justice, and voting rights. We do our best to walk the walk. And we can only be effective with your financial support. That means this work is your work too. And we appreciate all of our members, our donors, and our supporters to have you by our side as we plow ahead in the uncertain weeks and months ahead. As MCV's board chair said earlier, We'll be leaving it all on the field with this election. That's because our democracy and our very planet is at stake. We need accountability in our government now more than ever. That's MCV's commitment to you. Thank you again for helping us connect, elect, and protect.